0: Welcome to the Flourishing Therapreneur Podcast, a podcast that equips therapists to thrive in business, expand their reach, and create flourishing and meaningful lives, both personally and professionally. I'm your host, Claire Blakey. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in private practice. I believe in being a multi-passionate therapist. You can have a thriving, financially impactful business. Be a leader in the community and also a business entrepreneur. You don't have to choose and your impact as a clinician can go beyond the therapy room. I believe that you can be a therapist and an entrepreneur, a Therapreneur. And I believe that every therapist deserves the tools, community, and resources to build thriving businesses and flourishing lives. I pair my passion and previous career in PR, marketing, and blogging with my education and experience as a clinician to equip therapists like you who are multi-passionate and wanting to pursue additional opportunities to grow your skill set and expand your reach. So what are we waiting for? Let's get going. Let's create impact and build flourishing lives and businesses we're proud of. Here we go. Season two of The Flourishing Therapreneur is brought to you by Thryzer. Thryzer provides therapists with an end-to-end, out-of-network billing support for their clients. Are you in private practice and want to support clients in getting reimbursed with their super bills and other out-of-network expenses, but don't have the bandwidth to do it alone? Look no further. Thryzer submits all of your insurance claims after every appointment to get faster reimbursement for your ideal clients. And even better, they handle all denials and slowdowns so that clients don't have to stress or contact insurance at all. Thrizer is affordable and seamless. It's absolutely free to sign up and the processing fee is only 3%. Partnering with Thrizer is an awesome way to make your private pay practice more accessible while positively improving your client experience, thus impacting your client retention and increasing your professionalism for your private practice. Better yet? The onboarding process is seamless, and it's super easy to onboard clients and get started. So what are you waiting for? Check out the link in the show notes and use the code FLOURISH to begin your three-week free trial. Hi, Nicole, and welcome to the Flourishing Therapreneur podcast. I'm so glad you're here today. If you want to take a moment and just um, share with the audience who you are, maybe about your education or your clinical experience, that will help set the
1: framework for our conversation today. All right. Thanks so much, Claire. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to dive into our topic today. And I'll start off talking a little bit about my background and kind of where I'm coming from, because I think that's going to be really important to our conversation. So I'm a licensed professional counselor. I practice in Pennsylvania. And this is actually a second career for me. So I came to therapy and being a therapist after six years in sales. And I learned so much from my sales experience. I took so much away from that experience, Um, but I also learned that I needed to have a career where I felt like I was making meaningful change on like a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where I'm coming from. And now I'm in a place where I'm using both of those skill sets, where I'm using the sales skills that I learned many, many years ago when I was in sales. And now I'm able to parlay a lot of that into my private practice. And so in my private practice, I specialize in maternal mental health. I work mostly with moms kind of across the lifespan of motherhood, as I like to say. Um, And it has just been not to be a total cheese ball, but it's been completely life-changing to be able to Mm -hmm. have my own practice and build my life around my practice rather than the other way around. And I've really enjoyed it and really felt like it's been such a wonderful transition for me and I'm excited to share more about that today.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, Nicole, for that intro. It's helpful to hear one your passion. It sounds like even the population that you serve, like even as you started talking about them, it, the way you spoke just changed a little bit and so it sounds like that is really a population that you're passionate about and that's really courageous that you, you know, did a career change. I think a lot of people listening can resonate with that. I know at least even when I was in grad school there, I ended up doing like the whole, you know, undergrad, grad school route to become a therapist, but I knew a lot of people in my program didn't and they did a career switch. And I think that's so courageous to, to really connect with like, not only why are you good at, but like, what do you want your life to be about and what kind of impact do you want to make? And it sounds like you're very much in alignment
1: with that right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a great place to be.
0: Yeah. Well, today our conversation is going to be kind of geared around marketing and branding and really as therapists, how we own that piece of our life and our practice. And I know for a lot of therapists, that is something that is intimidating, especially if they don't have a background in sales or marketing. And I know in a unique piece of this conversation is we both have experience in PR, marketing, branding, things like that. Um, So, And we're also both therapists, so we can kind of speak into both sides, right, of what is it like to to put that hat on and really look at branding and your website and the way you word things and also what is the reality of being a therapist and some of the things that we've been taught about not being seen or, um, you know, doing things how it's always been. And we're in a modern time right now as therapists of the evolution of our digital footprint and the way we show up online. So... Um, really excited to have you as you know just the facilitator of this conversation. So, as we get started, um, what would you say? Like, why why do you think it's hard to show up authentically um, when you're marketing as a therapist? Like, what what do you tend to notice um, in yourself or in other people that you've you know connected with in terms of you know showing up in this space?
1: What I find is that there is a lot of fear around the idea of marketing, and I think a lot of therapists come to this space looking at it as, okay, if I'm going to be in private practice, marketing is this thing that's on my to-do list. It's this dreaded thing that's on my to-do list. It feels salesy. It feels really gross. It feels kind of scary putting myself out there like that. And this is not what i want to do this isn't what i learned in graduate school this isn't what i learned in my internships i don't want to be out here selling myself i want to be out here connecting with people i want to be out here helping people right and that is what i hear so much and what i think is going to be so meaningful about our conversation today is we're going to talk about how we can take skills that therapists already have spaces where they already thrive, things that they know how to do and that they do well, and we can use that authentically and genuinely in this marketing space that we're going to talk about today. And I think that that is I really like to look at it as a mindset sh- mindset shift, right? We're shifting mm-hmm. from this idea of marketing as dreadful as as, you know, selling, as, you know, trying to convert people, trying to convert our colleagues into referral sources we're going to shift from that to how do we connect with clients? How do we connect with clients and how do we build relationships rather than how do we convert people? Right. And I think that that's a really, really powerful mind shift. Yeah, definitely. And I, I hear that. And I feel like
0: there is that piece too of, you know, it is a different language like branding and marketing. And so, when we hear even the word marketing or we hear even the word branding, it's like, Oh, what is that again? Or what do I need to do? And um, I like how even like replacing those words with like connection or, you know, like going deeper with people or, you know, showing up authentically, like putting it in words that make sense to maybe the way that we're wired as therapists. And it's like, Oh yeah. Like branding is just being authentic to who I am and just showing people who I am. Or, you know, marketing is just networking and connecting with people and getting coffee or building, deepening my relationship with my colleagues. And that feels doable, right? Because we're professionals in terms of experts at connecting with people and cultivating conversations and getting people to open up. So that's not scary, but when you use certain words or you use um, concepts that maybe feel foreign. I think sometimes people do that, like fight, flight, or freeze in a lot of ways with marketing where it's like, I'm either going to be angry and I'm not going to do it. I'm going to freeze. and like, feel like paralyzed. And I just don't even know where to begin. Or like, I'm going to flee and I'm just going to like strike out and I'm not going to do a website. I'm not going to do a social media. So I, I find that we tend to kind of revert to that, but I really like the kindness of what you're saying of
1: like, no, like we're actually really good at this. Um, so I'd love to hear more that that's exactly right. So your listeners will not be able to see this, but I was nodding my head vigorously (laughs) the whole time you were just talking because it's so, so true. Right. And if we work with, you know, shifting our mindset, right. And then the behaviors follow. And so that's what we're going to be getting into. And we'll also talk about some small actionable steps that maybe don't feel so painful, that maybe don't feel so scary, that maybe Mm. even feel slightly comfortable so that marketing feels like not this big, you know, thing that you can't tackle, not like this monstrosity, but really like something that feels like, okay, I can do this. I can take these small steps and I can still be true to myself. I think that's where a lot of the fear comes for a lot of therapists. Like if I market my practice, it doesn't feel like me. This doesn't feel like something I would normally do. I'm not comfortable with this, where we can shift that to what if we stick with what you are good at? What if we stick with the skills that you have and use them to build connection and to build relationships rather than looking at, I just need to convert everybody that I talk to either into a referral, referral source or a client? That's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to build connections. And what's really cool as I was thinking about and preparing for our conversation today, just noticing all of the ways that different types of marketing are interconnected. Mm. So, for example, one of the things that I really think is important is, you know, connecting with colleagues and finding ways to do that. And I think when some clients think about marketing and getting referral sources, they think frequently of like, I gotta get into a doctor's office. You know, I gotta get these big practices to refer to me. That's possible, but it's actually really hard. It's actually one of the more difficult places to get referrals from. What I have found is that when I network with colleagues and make connections with colleagues, and then they're going into these doctor's offices as patients When their doctors who know that their therapist asks, who can I send? I'm working, you know, I'm seeing a lot of moms in my practice. Who can I send my moms to that are struggling with postpartum depression? My colleagues will then give these practices my information. And so I have an in now with these big practices that are really hard to get into, that for the most part, don't give, you know, other practices the time of day. And now they're calling me asking for my information because one of my colleagues referred me when they were in for an appointment. That's how, that's this really beautiful interconnected marketing. Mm-hmm. And there's so many ways to do this and so many ways to get into this that can feel feel a little a little more comfortable. And yeah. So that's what I'm i yeah. really excited to, to get into.
0: Well and I think there could be that piece and I know this is a whole different conversation about niching and or niching, depending on how you say it. Um mm-hmm. but like I think that's also the piece that's valuable around knowing who you are as a therapist, what you who you love working with and who your ideal client is because then you become known as the expert, right? Then your friends are saying their mm. therapists say, Oh, I don't specialize in, you know, maternal mental health, but you know, Nicole does. And so you're remembered versus like just having a very vague, like, I treat everyone, send me anyone. Then you're not thought of in those moments. Or if you specialize in like sex addiction or like there's so many different topics. Mm. So I find that that's another piece of the marketing puzzle, but I think that's something that it sounds like you're doing well at is Knowing what what kind of client you enjoy working with and communicating that well to your colleagues so that way they remember you in those moments.
1: Right. One of the things that I think is can be really important in this marketing space is, well, and I'm going to take a step back. So as therapists, we're thought to think we're thought to think about what are our clients needing, right? we're That's part of empathy, right? Putting yourself in somebody else's shoes. Believe it or not, in sales, we're taught the same thing. We're taught to think about what is what is your customer needing? How can you connect with your customer, right? So there's this really big intersection that we frequently mm-hmm. don't think about in this space. And one of the things that's really important, and I think you were alluding to this, is you need to make it easy for people to remember you. And that sounds like such a simple thing, but it's a really big deal. So if Claire is, and I know that you're also a maternal mental health therapist. So if you're Claire known as a maternal mental health therapist, right? And you specialize in this really specific area. When somebody has a mom who's coming to them and they're thinking about, oh my goodness, who do I send this mom to? Who can I refer her to? You want to be at the top of somebody's list. You want to, We are all so busy and inundated with so much information all the time. You want to make it easy for your referral sources to think of you, right? And the other piece of that is they also need to know that they can rely on you, right? They need to know that if they're sending a client to you, that you're going to get back to them, that you're going to follow up. If you're full, you're finding somebody else for that client to see who's also going to get back to them and up. right? It's this really actually beautiful cycle that we set in motion when we take on marketing as kind of an organic and authentic part of our practice, rather than the dreaded piece that's on our to-do list. Yeah, no,
0: I, everything you're saying is like resonating. <laughs> There's so much to it that is so um, on on point, definitely. Um, and I'm wondering because I'm imagining anyone that's listening, you know, they're maybe listening because they want to learn. They want to identify ways that they can improve their marketing skills. So what what skills do you think therapists already have that maybe they don't even know that they have that that will help them with authentic marketing?
1: Absolutely. That's such a great question. So the first thing that comes to mind for me is therapists are really good at relationships. We're really good at building rapport. We're really good at connecting. Something else I think that we don't think about in this space is being curious. One of the most important skills when you are networking and connecting with a colleague is being genuinely curious about their practice, right? And what's so important there is this idea that You know, when you're trying to connect with a colleague, what you're wanting to do is you're wanting to set up a professional and reciprocal relationship. Reciprocity in professional spaces is so important. And if you're thinking about marketing from a, I need to convert this colleague into a referral source. I need this person referring to me. That's not reciprocity, is it? Mm -hmm. Right? That's That's a a relationship. That's Yeah. right. 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 Let's be honest. Yes. Let's be honest. It is. It is. You're then setting up that relationship as a one-way street. And in therapy, we know that that's not healthy. That's not Mm -hmm. healthy. Nobody wants a relationship that's a one-way street, right? But if you approach a colleague with genuine curiosity, right, like, who who do you serve best in your practice? Who's your ideal client, right? When are you seeing clients? Are you full? How did you, you know, how do you speak to your ideal client, right? When you just wanna learn about somebody else's practice so that you know exactly who to send to them, right? That is a reciprocal relationship, right? And then they're going to want that from you. That is setting up reciprocity and this really wonderful, healthy, professional relationship where you're then referral sources for each other rather than just setting it up as a one-way street. So curiosity is something that I don't think we think about in the marketing space. And I actually think it's a really valuable asset. You know, I joke with colleagues all the time that one of the things I say most often in session is... Hmm, I wonder, right? Like that's the curiosity piece, right? We say that all the time to clients, like I wonder about this, right? Bring that to your marketing, right? Wonder about somebody else's practice. And when somebody else truly loves what they do, the way you and I do, right? The way we've talked together as colleagues about the work that we do, they're gonna wanna share that with you. They're gonna want reciprocal relationships with other therapists. So bring that, bring that to the table. I'm really resonating with what you're saying. And I'm like, I'm, I'm noticing that there's something else that's
0: coming up for me of like, I think what you're saying is so true about like the wonder piece, the curiosity piece, the like highlighting and amplifying their voice to learn about what they're passionate about. And I would also say, maybe this is just my own pet peeve, but I really value when other therapists ask personal questions too. And I think there might even be that piece that like sometimes... I think, I don't know if you can relate to this or anyone that's listening can relate to this, but sometimes you go to like therapist mixers or things and it's like, what intervention do you like Mm. to do? What is your population? You're like, oh my gosh, like I'm still a human. It's six o'clock on a Friday night and I'm exhausted. Maybe you could say, what are you like? What do you do for fun with your family? Or tell me more about your life or like, I think there's that piece of cultivating not just relationships in the professional context, but in the relational context, because that's what Mm. people want. Like in the same way that your clients want to be seen, you want to be seen by your colleagues and not just be known for your achievements or not just known for your interventions. I also want friendship. I also, and it doesn't mean you're like best friends now, but like, I think that even creates more trust in a referral when you feel like, oh, not only do I know but this person specializes in maternal mental health, but I know about their daughter. I know like, oh, they're in that music class that's on Wednesday mm-hmm. mornings or like just the pieces that make that person feel more trustworthy too. And it's also makes networking and marketing more fun because who wants to just talk about work all the time? Even though we do love our work. Yes. Like I still yes. love being human. I love leaning into those pieces. So I would almost tag that on of like, that takes it a step further with the yes. curiosity and the wonder. And that makes it more
1: impactful, I think. Yes, absolutely. So I'm thinking back to just last week when I had a really, really wonderful um, networking call with a colleague. This is somebody that I'd never spoken to before, a local colleague who's a maternal mental health specialist. And just that morning, of course, so I live in the Northeast. We love our winters. The, we, we are plagued by potholes in the Northeast. And I swear that there's a point to the story. So I had this... Um, networking call scheduled, and about an hour before the call was going to start, I get a call from my husband that he hit a pothole. He broke a part of his car. We ended up finding out that it was the axle. So it was fine. It was fun. So the, the important part: he's fine, the car's fine. But basically, he hit a pothole and he he broke a large chunk of his car, and oh he had to get towed to a dealership. And then I had to go pick him up but because this takes time, because at this time of year in the Northeast, everybody's hitting potholes and getting towed to dealerships. So I knew that it was gonna take time. So when I started, so I realized, you know what? I don't have to cancel this call today because it's going to be a couple hours before I need to go pick my husband up. I can still have this call, but you know what? I need to be honest with this colleague and let her know, you know, normally I wouldn't be paying attention to my phone when I'm on a networking call, Yeah. but this crazy thing happened to my husband. He's going to call or text to let me know I can go pick him up. So I may have to end our call early, but this is, this is still valuable to me. I still have time. I would still love to connect. Is that okay with you? That's how we started our conversation, and it was, and she's a mom, she's married, she lives in the same area, she gets it, and we ended up having this really wonderful conversation about how do we balance all of these things in our lives? How do we balance these wild things that happen on a daily basis with these practices that we love, right? And that's where we started the conversation. And now, you know, and just a couple days later, I had somebody else asking me for a referral. My practice is full. And I'm like, hey, this is who you want to send this client to because I, you know, I, I trust her. I had this really wonderful conversation with her. Not only did I learn about her practice and what a great clinician she is, but I learned about her life. I trust her now as a colleague and as a friend. And I feel like mm-hmm. this is somebody that I would go to. And this is absolutely somebody that I would send clients too, So it's so important to build, you know, beyond just kind of the clinical face of what we do to build really like, this is about, again, healthy reciprocal relationships, Mm -hmm. right? So you want to know more than, okay, somebody's CBT and they went to the school, right? Like that, you want to know more, you want to know more than Mm -hmm. that. You want to know when you have genuine curiosity and care about your colleagues in this way, I think that translates into, oh, this therapist must care about their clients in this way. Well, and it gives you kind
0: of a glimpse of like how they connect, like, right? Because I think there's also that piece of like, I know who we are outside of session isn't defined by like our, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know how I'm wording this, but like you, like When you see someone and the way they connect and they are curious and they want to learn more, you're kind of getting a sort of a glimpse of the way that they are a therapist. It's not a full glimpse because obviously they're not in the therapist, Mm -hmm. you know, but like, yeah, if they only want to talk about like certain things, it just, it it limits the way they show up and it, it makes you feel a certain way
1: too. Yeah. And I think it's also okay to say that just like with clients, I'm really okay with the idea that my practice is not a good fit for every client that's out there, even every maternal mental health client that's out there. My practice is absolutely, as you can tell from our conversation, I am not a chill therapist. That is not what I bring to the table. So somebody has to be ready for my level of energy and intensity if they wanna work with me. And I'm really, really clear about that, right? And it's actually the same with our colleagues. Mm -hmm. And that's okay, it's okay. Like we're, you know, we need to like, finding colleagues that you truly connect with and that you feel comfortable referring to and that feel comfortable referring to you, there needs to be a goodness of fit there. Yeah. And that's okay. And that's not always going to happen. And so sometimes you have to, networking is about taking healthy risks. That can be really scary, but remind yourself, this is a healthy risk. You're looking, you're putting yourself out there you're looking to connect with colleagues so that you can form this network, really, of yeah. therapists who you can say, this is somebody I feel comfortable referring to, and I know they're going to take really good care of this client. And then the same goes for you. It's kind of vice versa, where yeah. you have therapists in your your network who are like, I know that Claire is the right fit for this client. She's the right energy level. It's her mm-hmm. area of specialization, and I know that she's going to take really good care of this person, right? That doesn't happen with everyone, And that's okay, but that's part of the the trying piece. That's part of the taking healthy risks. Is in order to find those good fits. Sometimes there's not some so good fits, and that's okay too. It really is. I swear. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm wondering
0: as we're kind of continuing this conversation, um, what would you say? Like, how can therapists use their clinical skills? Because like you've kind of honed in on that. Of like, you know, we actually are really good at doing the marketing piece, but like. How can they do that authentically? Like, how can they, you know, really show up in that space?
1: Right. So I think this would be kind of a fun area to maybe go into some really specific examples so that your listeners could maybe feel like they have some actionable steps to take away from this conversation. So so I'm actually going to turn the tables a little bit and ask you a question. So okay. let's talk about networking specifically and and cold calling, really, right? So Say that you get a call, Claire, and so, and we're talking about an actual phone call and a voicemail because I think that makes a difference too. So let's say you get a call from a therapist that's somewhere in your area, and essentially they say something like this, hey Claire, I am so and so therapist. I specialize in maternal mental health. I know you do too. I'm new, I'm accepting new clients. Please feel free to refer to my practice. Here's my phone number. Thanks, bye. That's the message that you get on your voicemail. How do you, on? and I'm so not kidding because this has happened before. How do you react to that? Give me your honest reaction. Okay, it happened to me last week, actually.
0: <laughs> um, and I still haven't called them back. I almost felt annoyed. Like, I felt glad to hear that's awesome that you launched and I'm definitely going to think of you. But one, like, I'm a visual learner. So, like, I don't remember their name off the top of my head because it wasn't written. It was said, And I listened to it when I was like, you know, in the middle of something, but also that piece of like, Mm -hmm. not everyone, like I would prefer, and I know everyone has a different preference, right? But I would prefer like, let's find valuable connection time. Like either email me and say, what does your schedule look like this month or next month? And that way I can actually like spend the time instead of being like, okay, I don't have bandwidth to call you back, but do I need to call you back? But I don't know what we're going to talk about. Like it feels really, um, I don't know, like, now I feel like I'm avoiding it because I'm like, I don't like, maybe they were trying to build a connection, but instead I'm like, I'm going to forget to call this person back because it wasn't tangible. And I don't know what their availability is. It just, it feels hard.
1: Right. It feels like more work for you, doesn't it?
0: It it is more work for me because now I'm thinking about, okay, like, when can I do this? And like, is it even the etiquette of like, am I, can I just text them instead? Or is that rude because Mm -hmm. I don't have the bandwidth to call, but I don't have an email. So it just, it it adds this other
1: extra like mental load of like, what do I do with this? (laughs) Right. That's exactly right. So when you're a therapist who's launching your practice and you are looking to connect with other therapists, if you're going to take anything away from this conversation, remember this, make it easy for the person that you're trying to connect with. Seriously, make it easy for them, right? And also let them know, and then this is what we'll get into with our next example, that you are trying to build a connection that you're not going down this one-way street that we talked about earlier in our conversation where it's just here's my practice i want you to refer to me and i'm going to make you do more work to refer yeah. to me like we are so i know as a practice owner and as a mom with two young children and and i do try to have a social life i really do <laughs> I enjoy that part of my life too my life is very full in really wonderful ways But it's really, really full. And clearly from this conversation, I think it's pretty clear to both of us that we both really enjoy connecting with colleagues, right? I would love to connect with colleagues, but if you're gonna make it hard for me, if you're gonna make it one more thing on my like never ending to-do list, I don't know that I'm gonna be able to get back to you. And also it has to be, let's be honest, it has to be worth my time. My time is so limited and I really value my time that if I'm going to get back to somebody, I have to know that it's gonna be worth it. And if we're talking about a referral source where it's just gonna be a one-way street, you just want me to refer to you when my practice is full, let's be honest, that doesn't work for me. It just doesn't. Mm -hmm. Because even though my practice is full now, it's not always gonna be full. I have clients that discharge all the time. Like I have one or two openings every now and then, right? And I need to fill those openings to keep my practice thriving. So I need to know that if I'm going to connect with you, that you're also going to think of me and think of referring to me when I'm thinking of referring to you. There has to, Reciprocity is key in networking and in connecting, right? So so that's our first example. So that's the big do not, right? Yes. So let's leave it. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't call colleagues and say, my name is so-and-so. Refer to me. Thanks. Bye. Don't do it. So now we're going to give an example of something that you can do, right? So- something that can be really helpful to do is sending something visual where it's really clear what your intentions are and it's really clear how to get in touch with you, right? So, and you were starting to allude to that in your answer, right? So if you're going to send an email, you, and this is something I learned in sales, you need to connect Immediately, we're talking in like the first one or two sentences. So absolutely, absolutely introduce yourself like, hey, so this is what what my emails sound like when I'm sending a cold email to somebody. Hey, you know, so and so therapist. My name is Nicole. I'm a, you know, I specialize in maternal mental health. If you can make a personal connection, like, yeah, hey, I got your, I got your information from Claire. She talks so highly of your practice. Uh, And this is what's key for me. I would love to learn more about your practice. I'd like to know more about who you see in your practice, right? Do you have a time? Would you, and this is where you throw it out there, would you be open to connecting? Here are times that work for me. What works for you? Would you prefer phone, you know, talking on the phone? Would you prefer, you know, a Zoom call, right? So put it out there. But the first thing you need to do is you need to establish a connection. Hey, you know, so-and-so therapist, I've heard great things about your practice. I would love to learn more about it mm-hmm. or if you're connecting with somebody who's a complementary professional. So for me, I only I work individually with adult women. That is all I do. I'm always looking for couples therapists. I'm looking for therapists who see adolescents and children. I'm looking for therapists who who work well with men because that is I don't do any of that, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm reaching out to somebody so that I can, you know, add them to my referral list, the first thing I'm saying is, you know, I heard that you do great work with couples. I'd love to learn more about that because I need more really great couples therapists on my referral list. Would you be open to a conversation, right? The first thing I'm doing in the first two sentences is I'm establishing a connection. So when you are sending a message or an email or a text message to someone, honestly, I my preference is email because that feels the most professional. You want to connect as quickly as you possibly can in the first two sentences of that message, because you want but on, because the other thing is we're so busy, like our attention spans are always there, you know, we're always being pulled in a million different directions. So I want to know right away, what is it that you're looking for? Mm. And does that make sense for me? Right. So All that's right. the empathy piece. That's you putting yourself in somebody else's shoes. Right. And then, so if you got an email like that, like, hey, Claire, I've heard really great things about your practice. I know you specialize in maternal mental health. So do I. I'd love to learn more about your practice. Would you be open open to connecting sometimes? We could talk by phone. We could talk by, um, we can, you know, do a video call. What do you think? I'd love to hear more from you. Yeah. And then you list out all of your contact information. How would you react to that?
0: Oh, I would be excited. It feels a lot more inviting and relational versus transactional, which is the other one that I felt like. I was also going to say, as you were talking, something that kind of came to mind too was like that similar muscle that we have as therapists, when you think of a first session, it's rapport, rapport, rapport. It's building that connection. And think about that when you're marketing too, is like, that still is true for marketing, right? Of people still wanna feel like a human. <laughs> they don't wanna feel like they're like just churning out referrals for you because you need the money or you need the caseload. It's like, they wanna feel like you're a colleague that I can be friends with, that I can trust, that I can do this you know business growth thing together with and not
1: um, a
0: means to an end.
1: That's right. Yeah. And so that's what you want to think about when you're looking to connect with colleagues. You want to think about how do I build that rapport immediately? How do I build rapport in an email that I'm sending to somebody who may have no idea who I am? How do I do that? And the way that you do that is you're really clear and also really kind in terms of letting them know, because the other thing is, If you're sending an email that's, you know, just a few lines, you're also respecting somebody's time. And if you're being really clear about what you're looking for, that's respecting someone's time. And I appreciate that, right? I appreciate when somebody right off the, right, when somebody right off the bat is saying like, you can even say that in your email, I know that you're really busy. I'd love to connect if you have time, right? Like just be honest, be authentic, be genuine, but also be really clear about what it is that you're looking for. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Um, yeah. And I think that's true too I've like I can even thinking of like recent, you know, texts or calls or emails I've gotten from people where they're like, Do you have time tomorrow? And I'm like, No, <laughs> I don't. Like if someone has said like, hey, what does your month look like or what do the next couple of weeks look like? instead right. of like, I have this narrow window of half hour tomorrow, can you talk? You're like, No, I can't. It just doesn't it doesn't feel good to right. receive that kind of ask. Um, But speaking of time, I want to be cognizant. Our time is starting to wrap up, and I really want to make sure we can go into a couple more of these questions. Um, So I'm wondering if you could kind of speak into the piece of, um, like, for therapists that kind of say that they can't do marketing, like, what would
1: you tell them? I would tell them you don't have to do marketing. But what you can do and what would be really helpful for your practice is thinking about marketing as an organic process, right? And what I mean by that is, in addition to kind of having your therapist hat on sometimes, thinking about where do marketing opportunities lie that maybe I didn't think about before. So I'm going to give a really quick example of how you can make marketing an organic part of your practice. So many of us are on social media, both professionally and personally. And so one day I was, you know, scrolling one of my social media feeds and, I have this really wonderful local photographer that I work with who did my branding photos. So I, you know, I follow her on social media. And one day um, she posted, you know, she's a photographer. She posts photos, right? And then she also does these really lovely captions of who she's taking pictures of. And she does a lot of branding work. So she's working with a lot of small businesses that are right in my local area. One day she posted these absolutely stunning photos of a new lactation consultant, somebody who was opening a new practice. And I, first of all, I saw these photos and my first reaction was, oh my goodness, she does such good work. These photos are gorgeous. And then I read the caption and I realized, oh my goodness, this is, you know, a lactation consultant. She's new to the area. She's opening up a new practice. Lactation consultants frequently see my ideal client before I get to see them. So that is somebody who makes sense for me to connect with. So I commented on the photo and I was completely genuine and authentic. I commented on the photos and I said something along the lines like, "Oh my goodness, these photos are so stunning. I love these photos." And and I, you know, I tagged the photographer, but mm-hmm. then I also tagged the lactation consultant and I just said, "Hey, I'm a maternal mental health therapist in the area. I'm always looking to refer to lactation consultants. Can I can I, you know, send you a DM?" And she replied immediately and said, "Yes." I sent her a message and now we're referrals, and then we connected over the phone, and now we're referral sources for each other. So that is genuine, authentic marketing. Like, I really did love the pictures, and I really do need lactation consultants that I can refer to all the time because that's another healthcare professional in this area that are always full, they're always busy.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I need a vetted referral list where I can feel comfortable sending my clients. And that was how that conversation started. So don't be afraid to kind of put yourself out there and don't be afraid to be authentic and genuine and, you know, comment on things and connect with people that way. So that is how I look at, I refer to that as organic marketing. Like I wasn't looking to, I wasn't thinking to myself, you know, when I was scrolling on social media that day, you know, personally, like yeah. I need to find people to connect with today. <laughs> I just happened to see it. And I thought, this is a really great opportunity. This is somebody that I really do need in my professional circle. Let me reach out and see how it goes. And it ended up working out really, really well. So sometimes you got to kind of put that hat on too when it works out. I love that. And that
0: makes it a little bit more doable because you're not necessarily having to like switch gears and be in this like, okay, now I'm going to spend this hour marketing or do this. Like, I think that's something that's really Mm -hmm. important to take away from this conversation is um, we'd be surprised how many things are natural in terms of finding referrals and like, whether you're saying like the lactation piece and I'm imagining like, you know, a lot of clients that are, you know, experiencing postpartum depression or anxiety are going to be, you know, working with their lactation consultant in those fresh first few weeks. So, um, that would be a great referral, but I also like to remind people too like, don't forget who you are as a human and other areas that you wouldn't even think of as marketing, whether that's a church congregation that you're a part of or a book club that you go to, like, Do people know that you're a therapist? Do they know what type of therapist you are? And I was actually just talking to someone Mm -hmm. last week about this that I was kind of giving support on as they launched their private practice. And was that piece of like, it's sometimes confusing. I mean, even as a therapist, sometimes we don't know what other therapists do because we're not as familiar with their license. And Mm -hmm. so when we say, hey, I'm a marriage and family therapist, that feels very ambiguous and gray. And so a lot of times I say, hey, I'm a mental health therapist and I specialize in eating disorders and perinatal mental health. So I always try to give people what I do when I communicate it, because the average person doesn't know what an MFT is. So I kind of have right. to like explain what I do. I am a mental health therapist. It's not a massage therapist. <laughs> a lot of people think that too. <laughs> and also, you know, this is who I work with. And so it doesn't mean you have to be pushy. It doesn't mean you have to be like this, like, walking billboard. I don't want you to be that person that's just like taking up too much space and talking about yourself all the time, but you do. Um, it's okay to, to gently educate people because you'd be surprised how many people don't know what you do. As we're wrapping up today. Um, I'm wondering if you could kind of speak into like, how are we serving our clients through marketing efforts? And as we kind of, you know, finish up this conversation, any last words of encouragement for the audience?
1: Absolutely. So, I think you know when we think of ourselves as therapists, we're helpers by nature, right? And the reason that we got into therapy, the reason that we're opening our private practices is so that we can connect with clients and so that we can serve them in our practices. But if your clients are having trouble finding you, right? So we're gonna get real honest here for a moment. If your clients are having trouble finding you, then how, how are you serving them, right? So marketing actually is in service to our clients because that's how they find us. That's how they know that Claire is a really awesome maternal mental health therapist and she can help me with my postpartum anxiety, so I'm gonna contact her, right? So when we think of marketing as a piece of our practice that is actually in service of our clients, Mm -hmm. I think that that can be a really powerful shift and mindset also. So I like to really hold on to that. And when I talk to therapists who are just getting into private practice about marketing, I like to make I like to make sure that they really understand that piece of it, right? That you are serving your clients through getting your name out there. You're serving your clients if they're able to find you. That's really really powerful. Uh, I love
0: that. That just it's like an invitation to embrace it, right? It's an invitation to be like, you know, this is worthwhile. This is worth my time. This is worth pursuing. And it's not selfish. It's not self-centered to be marketing and to be, you know, putting your name out there. It's actually of service to the populations we serve. And it's a disservice to hold back. It's a disservice to be small and to be afraid because people want that impact. They want that healing and they want to find you as a therapist. They're looking for you, they're Googling you, you know, so um, it's important to show (laughs) up in those digital spaces. Uh, well, thank you, Nicole. I feel so encouraged by our conversation. Um, and I know we're wrapping up, but I'm curious for anyone listening, how can they follow along? How can they you know, be connected to anything that you're
1: up to so they can be a part of the conversation further? Absolutely. So if any of your listeners are looking for more information on my practice, they can find me at NicoleMcNellis.com. And I'm also on social media. So on Facebook, I'm at Nicole McNellis therapy. And on Instagram, I started a new page and it's called the therapist mom collective, where I'm really looking to create a community for therapist moms, where we can connect with each other and talk about the challenges and the joys of the work we do as both therapists and moms.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, Nicole. It was so great having you. And I just really appreciate the warmth that the knowledge, and just the way that you made this such a user-friendly conversation. I feel like when we started the conversation, kind of listing like how scary this can be for therapists to even talk about marketing, to talk about putting ourselves out there. And I feel so encouraged by just some of the tangible tips that you gave that we can start implementing.
1: So thank you. Absolutely. This was such a pleasure. And I hope your listeners get lots out of our conversation.
0: Hi, Flourishing therapeneurs, I wanted to hop on and share that our course, Flourishing in Private Practice, is coming Spring 2022. If you are a pre-licensed student, trainee, associate, or even a licensed therapist that perhaps is either wanting to learn more about strengthening your private practice or curious to take the leap from agency to being your own boss, this course will walk you through all the steps from the basics of setting up your business structure, creating your brand, building your reputation in the field, and strengthening your systems to help your business flourish. This course is filled to the brim with tangible examples, templates, and structure to help your business thrive and for you to grow and flourish personally and professionally. This course will be open for enrollment for two weeks in the spring, and then we'll close until the fall for a second round of enrollment. If this is you and you are wanting in, go to our website at theflourishingtherapreneur.com to join our mailing list and to be the first to know when the doors open. We also have a free download on our website called 10 Steps to Starting a Private Practice available for you today. So if you're wanting to get started sooner or dip your feet into the idea, don't wait another moment. I'm looking forward to continuing to grow and flourish together as therapists and entrepreneurs. As Therapreneurs, let's go. Thank you for tuning in to the Flourishing Therapreneur podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review as that helps other clinicians and Therapreneurs find our community and thrive through our offerings. Want to take your business a step further? Visit the FlourishingTherapreneur.com or our Instagram with the same handle. Connect with our free community or sign up for an upcoming course to help cultivate your thriving business and endeavors so you can flourish personally and professionally until next time I'm your host Claire Blakey and I believe you deserve to flourish as a Therapreneur